Well, welcome to the Renew the Mind podcast with the pastoral staff of Christ Community Church. I'm Pastor Daniel. This is Pastor Patrick, Pastor Jeff, <laughs> Pastor Ryan. Our goal for this podcast, going to my pirate voice, is to help all of us here at CCC be obedient to the call of Romans chapter 2, which commands us, do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. And we're going to continue on in our discussion of 1 Timothy chapter 1. I think we are right around uh, verse 17. And with that, I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Jeff. Verse 17. Um, I don't know how this re- reads in the CSB, but in the Lexham it says, uh, Now to the king of the ages, immortal, invisible, to the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Very does, close. What is your only change is now to the king eternal. Now to the to king the eternal. Yeah, great. Uh, so this would be a little bit closer to just kind of a stark reading of the Greek, this idea of being king of the ages. I think it does mean to be the eternal king. Uh, is God an eternal king, though? Well, from Psalm 90, he is from everlasting <clears throat> to everlasting. Mm-hmm. So... But are you fixating? Is the question more about is he king, not his eternity? That's my question is: what he was he king before he created anything to rule? Is it the same question? Is like was he a creator before he created? Is that what we're going? <laughs> kind of, yeah. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, fun. Philosophy. Well, I know the answer to that question. Within him was always the full potential to be king <laughs> and creator. You have answered correct, my son. <laughs> <laughs> You chose wisely. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So within God's being, before the creation of the world, before the creation of the first particle of light, God had all the creative potency Mm -hmm. to qualify him as king. Yes. So this idea of him being the king, the eternal king, is true, both in terms of his potential and in terms of the actual, the fact that he is... Now, once he creates the world, he decrees it into existence, right? Then he is he stands in relationship to it as its sovereign ruler. He could not be otherwise. Hmm. I mean, it, it, this is a the world, the universe as we know it, the heavens and the earth, as Genesis one one says it, is everything in the spectrum of creation, both invisible and visible, both spiritual and physical, or or supernatural and natural. So the heavenly realm, the earthly realm, everything in the, spe- the full spectrum of creation was created by him, so it's a contingent reality. God is not a contingent reality. There's nothing before God or external to God that determines his existence. So in this sense, God is, he is the eternal king in that eternity from eternity past, which is an oxymoron, because in eternity there is no such thing as past, <laughs> But for us, it is past. But in eternity past, from eternity past, God has had the, pot- the various potencies and capacities that would qualify him as the eternal king. Right. But technically, he doesn't have anything to rule until he makes the first thing. thing. And was he, in that existence, the possessor of all authority already? Or is authority a contingent idea? Yes, I would say there was no, no one to practically rule. I, I don't personally hold Wayne Grudem's view of the 
eternal subordination of the Son within the triune God. I think that's that smacks to me more of mm-hmm. what's called Lagos Christianity than Trinitarian Christianity. I think it's a good try, but I don't think it's right. So I don't think there's anything for God to rule. I think that God becomes the sovereign ruler as we know it when he says, let there be light, um, because that's a sovereign decree, and that's what sovereigns do. Um, so God sovereignly decrees the world into existence. Now he has uh, the relationship to it, natural, the natural relationship to it, that he rules over it as king. Subject. As king. But does the authority, but he possessed already the authority to decree light to be. This is why I say he has that potency within him. He has that capacity to to be or actualize his innate authority. So he has the innate authority to either create or not create. Now he knows in eternity past that he will create, but even saying that is an oxymoron because in God's mind he's He's not going to do anything in the future. There is no future. He hasn't created the space-time continuum yet. Anyway, I don't want to get too far down in a rabbit hole. Welcome to Philosophy Club at Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it says he's king over the ages. So if we think of ages now in the sense of this present age of darkness and the age of the kingdom, which the Jews expected there to be a sudden inbreaking of the kingdom and and to end this present age of darkness. Yeah. But now we learn in the New Testament those two ages li- exist, coexist. They yeah. exist at the same time. So the kingdom of God has been literally overlapped or planted right in the middle of this present mm-hmm. kingdom of darkness. Is God still sovereign over the kingdom of darkness? Absolutely. Or is, he, or is it out of his control? As, as Martin Luther would say. The devil is still God's devil. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's great. Because yeah, he was the king over that age. He's the king over this age. So he's he's already both. Right. Yeah. yeah. And even and and a great example of that. Speaking authoritative about authority, um, is when Pilate is trying to exercise exercise his authority over Jesus, oh, yeah. and Jesus says, "You have no authority." Apart from that which has been designated, apart from that which has been given to you from above. Right. Uh, That's right. That's pretty hardcore. I'm sure sure Pilate was thinking he's the emissary of Caesar. (laughs) (laughs) And Jesus is saying, you are God's pawn in this as much as you are are a ruler over men. That's a great point. And then we learn in Acts chapter 4 that God had actually predestined Herod. He names Herod. Pontius Pilate and uh, and the Gentiles and the Jews, yeah. all of the people who were there who perpetrated that, mm. this had been according to the pre- foreknowledge and the predestined plan of God. So Pilate, you know, you're out of luck, dude. You know, <laughs> you're you're dealing with the King of the Universe who sent his Son to to die at your hand. Well, um, we sing a lot about God being King. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a lot of songs. Now, obviously, you intentionally picked those songs because we want to reinforce for our congregation that God is sovereign king. We want to say that. Uh, we want people to know that. But I rather think that most of us or many Americans have in mind that God is king in the sense of a British constitutional monarchy. Um, more a figurehead than an actual ruler. 
And of course, we get a say over our own lives. And we can pick and choose. We can come to the Bible and say, you know what? I like Matthew chapter 5. I like the Beatitudes. They make me feel better. But I don't like Matthew chapter 6 about not judging people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so how should we think of God as king? What is the proper perspective? Is it this idea of kind of a constitutional monar- monarchical uh, ruler who's just sort of a figurehead over your life and, and has some broad parameters you must stay in? Or is or is God really sovereign ruler over you individually and your choices? Yeah. Yeah, I think that we have to, I think the way that the Bible speaks to him, let me not tell you what I think, but I think whenever I read my Bible, um, it's clear in his descriptions of God that he is the absolute ruler, sustainer, a creator of this universe, that he orchestrates all things uh, to his intended purposes, and that what he says we should do, we should do and will be held accountable if we don't right. do. Right. Um, and that, yeah, that he's a, he's a king who absolutely decrees these things. So I don't see, I know that's how we often think about it with the British monarchy, but I think that's a false way and a really wrong way right. uh, that can lead down a very destructive path to start thinking about how God's word and what he has said as a king applies to me. That's yeah. right. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, the uh, it, it is a difficult concept for us. And there, you know, and there are some, there's some amazing things in scripture mm-hmm. where Jesus says to his disciples, I call you my friends. Yeah. That, I, that oh, he yeah. gives you this position of intimacy with them. Right. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Um, the son of then, the king is still the son of the king. But yeah. then he says, <laughs> but like he's not the king. Me, yeah. You will do what? You will obey you will my obey command. me. You will yeah. obey my commands. And then throughout the rest of Scripture, the, the picture of uh, man's accountability is kind of in reference to the fact that God has all authority. Yeah, right. You know that that He hasn't given He hasn't given He's yeah. given man to do uh, what He has uh, commanded. Yeah, He hasn't given man to do what ever seems right in their own eyes. Yeah, right. And that language is hard for us because we value that here, and we, yeah. uh, you know. We argue over, you know, Trump's an authoritarian or Biden's an authoritarian. Yeah. Right? We 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 argue over somebody's encroaching upon my my autonomy. Right. Yeah. When really Jesus is like, no, I'm an authoritarian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 I, I, the so. New Testament description uh, that comes about is that we were slaves to something and now we're slaves to a new master, servants to a new master. Yeah. In Jesus Christ, praise the Lord that his heart is, yeah. is a great heart for us. Yeah. That's um, Romans 6, man. Yeah, he says you're no longer to be slaves to sin, yeah. but count yourself, that's an accounting metaphor, as slaves to righteousness. Yeah. Right. The, the servant of his righteousness. Uh, well well stated all, all the way around. you have anything you want to add? Well, I, I would kind of add, we're, we're talking about that man is not autonomous ultimately, but has God given man some autonomy? In that kingdom, and I know that that kind of opened us to can of worms. <laughs> Ultimately, he's no nah, man. Let's talk about that. <laughs> but, but I think it's I think it's fun to say we, we are not autonomous in now. totality because of sin and and him being creator and we're the created. Um, but within that paradigm, if we do go back to Genesis, there there is a way in which God has called man to act. Yeah, sure. There is some autonomy. If that if we're to create alongside of him, then we have some ability to create like him. Yeah, in his in his sovereign decree, he has. Made, he has given us some measure of agency. Sure. And 
yeah, and limited, although keyword being some. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it is some. I think when yeah. we try to when we think about all the things we don't get to choose, like our race, our family of origin, our gender, uh, our hair. our genetics, mm-hmm. you know, which determine your hair <laughs> content. No, but um, you, you know, like I would I would choose to never go gray. <laughs> or to never lose a stitch of hair. But there are things I don't get to choose. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are a range of things. In fact, you could probably think of hundreds of things that you don't get to choose. But clearly in the garden, we see God creating this lush, verdant garden, garden and then saying to the man, of all the trees of the field, you, you are consume. free to eat. Yeah. Um, now, consumer. that freedom is within the parameters of his ordained uh, creation, Right. So it's God is still sovereign overall, mm-hmm. um, but these choices can be made. There are a range of choices that He gives us to make. The other thing I wanted to point out with that is this: if I'm a being who is created uh, to be God's vice regent, which means to be God's co-ruler, which is what He seems to make Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. and this is what Christ promises us in the Book of Ephesians, where we will be co-heirs with Christ yeah. in His kingdom. <clears throat> okay, so if I was created for that, but I was also created simultaneously to be a subject in his sovereign kingdom, his sovereign realm, then I'm not going to be happy until I align my life mm. with my design. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So this is why people are miserable. They're miserable because their lives have not been aligned under the reign of the sovereign king. Yeah. And and I don't like this. I do not like the idea that I open the Word and I see something is right there, and I look at it, it's in Jesus's teachings. I'm reading the gospel. And I'm going, Jesus just told me to do that. I don't want to do that. Like I don't want to mm. forgive that person. I don't want to let them off the hook. I don't want. To I don't worry. want to obey. So so what would you uh, reply in this instance to the person who says, "Well, this is just evidence that." Christianity has been developed and fostered uh, to just control people's behavior, right? Just as a, a <clears throat> method of, you know, which part is evidence? Uh, so. The 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 idea that yes, the happiness comes when when uh, our, like that true true happiness comes when our uh, when our will and our life and our choices are aligned with the sovereign commands of a, of a king. Yeah. Um, what do you say to the person who says no? That's abusive. That's a that's you just trying to control and manipulate. Um, Great question. Is, you know, what's what's your response to that? Remember Chris Hitchens, the late Chris Hitchens, the famous atheist, uh, <clears throat> debated William Lane Craig. I mean, he's debated lots of Christian apologists, but this was one of his chief issues. That what you just brought up was one of his chief issues with the Bible, with Christianity, is this idea that he he a sovereign, autonomous person was going to live under the sovereign rule <laughs> that someone there was someone above him that was going to tell him what to do with his body and who he can sleep with and what he can smoke, right? Like he would always say that. Um, I would say that is a chief pushback. Um, and so it depends on your perspective. What, what, and by that, what I mean is if you're an atheist or you're a non-believer and you look at the church that way, then that's how you would explain it. We would explain it from a theist worldview to say, no, the sovereign God is real. Right. We pr- we assume his existence, and because we assume and can argue well for his existence, 
then he has sovereign rule over his creation, and now he's revealed it in a book. He's revealed it in a sacred word, which has been completed in the New Testament. So what what say you? Well, Yeah, I agree completely. I would just say to this person who is given pushback about, well, you're appealing to that outside source and what they're telling you to do. um, Well, everybody's appealing to something. They're just appealing to their own self, right? So in their own, in their reasoning, they're saying, well, what I like and what I desire to do and how I want to live, that's what's going to bring me true happiness. And that's, from my experience, very rare um, that they even feel happy with their lives. And I think some of that is wrapped up in um, just the water that we swim in in a very free country, which I am not dunking on at all. Um, The concept of good, what is good, is what engenders total liberty in in the individual. Yeah. That's and what, self gratification. That is what is good. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, the standard of goodness, this cultural standard of goodness, when measured against an authoritarian command from a, you yeah. know, a, of what to do, we go, well, that's right. not good. Yeah. yeah. Good and point. really, it is by what standard of goodness are you judging this? Yeah. Right. So who's if, who's the yeah. anchor? Yeah. For is that this, standard? Yeah. Is this your own internal? Because. Because then you can get into the discussion of, okay, well, what if it's good to me to murder six million yeah. Jews? <laughs> yeah. Right. How dare, how could you possibly claim that that's not a good, yeah. a good thing, you know? Or what uh, if you like have the Krebs gene business. and you have a predisposition, a desire, as you, as you have said, when you, when you drank your first beer, yeah. you didn't want that beer. You wanted every beer. Wanted everyone <laughs> everyone in the whole world. <laughs> and so if you're predisposed to desire that, but then the the in, then engaging that is going to bring self-destruction on your life yeah. is that really good for you is that human flourishing yeah. yeah even though i you know nobody ever held a gun to my head and made me take a drink right um, yeah and that was the, you know you were bound to it every that, single what, yeah. and was that good yeah even though i was embracing the desire of my heart mm. right yeah. every you know if the pushback is ultimately against authority every single person in this world lives under some sort of authority right and whether it it's themselves or something appeals that, yeah, to it appeals too, yeah. to it whether it's themselves or something else we're saying we're appealing to a higher authority that we from everything we've seen and what he's done for us is perfectly good oh you're exactly us. right yeah. it's that's rational right. yeah. for us to believe that we have yeah. reasonable faith exactly we have Thank good reasons and that's, one, and that's one of the reasons why we pick song, why why I pick songs that actually highlight the kingship of of God is because I find tremendous comfort yeah. in that yeah. that there is a good king yeah. who is ruling and reigning even in the midst of you know things that look yeah. out of control and, and right uh, that 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 brings tremendous comfort and encouragement to to me. So is the argument that's been brought up to saying we have an authoritarian God who commands these things, did that come about because the church got really in tune with saying Jesus is here to meet your felt needs? And we, we lost part of the gospel, which is he's a high king of heaven. That's yes, but before that, in the medieval era, just a little little bit of history. Right. Um and in the Middle Ages, you had the emergence of Christendom. And Christendom was a period of time in which the church was the absolute authority or the preeminent authority and could guide or tell kings what to do or yeah. not to do. That's how the Anglican church got formed because <laughs> <laughs> the king said, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do, do what the yeah. pontiff says. So um, by the time we get to the Reformation now, that's when things start to turn and people begin to see, no, 
God is king, not the pontiff. Yeah. Um, the word of God is the authority, not not a human image bearer yeah. uh, in the world today. The word point. of God is the yeah. authority. And then from that, you have, it follows into, I'll super fast forward to the first great awakening under Edwards and Whitfield. Yeah. Yeah. But it really, after that petered out, and then, the, and then you have the Civil War, but then you have the Second Great Awakening under Charles Finney, and that was a much more feel-good Christianity. That's when it was birthed. It. it was really out of the kind of the small group yeah. feel-good Christianity yeah. of, um, I mean, nothing against small groups. We run them, but <laughs> heavens no. My job is safe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Your job is safe, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, but, it, but it really came out of that. Yeah. And then when you have the Industrial Revolution and the explosion of American prosperity— Praise God for it. Yeah. We've been able to do yeah. a lot for the kingdom of God because That's God has good. made us, blessed us and made us prosperous. And a lot for human flourishing in general. Yes, like, yeah. in general. Yeah. Um, but now that can become... Because uh, if he's here to meet my felt needs, this no longer meets my felt needs, therefore I don't need this yeah. God. That is where it goes wrong. Yeah. right? Remember, it's that point at which Jesus says, to he turns to the crowd and he says... And, and they're there saying, Master, uh, we didn't know that you traveled over here. And he's like, okay, to tell the truth, you people just want more yeah, fish and bread. Yeah, yeah. But unless you want the flesh and the blood, you can't have me. Yeah. So they wanted more fish and fish bread, bread, and so do we. Yeah, but Jesus me. offers us the flesh and the yeah. blood, communion with the Spirit. Yeah. And that has to do with uh, bowing the knee to his rule. Um, yeah. I think it was so important whenever you're talking with somebody who does struggle with that authority idea, like, yes, like verse 17 is true and it's repeated so much throughout the entirety of the Bible, but so is, so is the heart of Christ as well. Right. So in verse 14, the grace of our Lord overflowed along with faith and love. Right. And then verse 16, Christ Jesus might demonstrate his extraordinary patience as an example, right? He's patient. He is desiring that you come to know him. This is, Yes, a, a ruler who deserves our absolute allegiance in all things, but his heart is that you would come to know him and, and recognize how good that is for you. So, and he is a patient king. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. you brought that up because Paul is the example yeah. of how God could be patient with a man. Yeah. That is and killing his people. Yes, yeah. yes. And God is patient with us too. And yeah. so we're talking about a benevolent king here. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about some cosmic uh, tyrant that is how he's caricatured sure. by the super atheists and other people yeah. who, who re- refuse any idea of r- rulership at all. But he goes on to say, though, that he's immortal and invisible. What does he mean here? What does it mean for God to be immortal and invisible? Well, isn't this just a doubling down of the first statement that he's king of the ages? So immortal. He, he is not like us. He is. He's not a man. He's holy. He is completely other than. He's so completely I see other. The devil, the doubling down of that first statement. He's immortal. He's immortal for sure. Rage all you like, you're not going to kill him. <laughs> oh, that's a yeah. Kill. <laughs> that's right. So uh, it means incorruptible, and it actually means invulnerable. Yeah. <laughs> like not, vu- in other words, not vulnerable to the corruption of this age. Got yeah. It. So that that Psalm, uh, that Psalm two passage where it says, "Our God sits in the heavens and and laughs." the raging of these nations that's right uh, it's because i mean it's an ant poking a stick at that's <laughs> right at an elephant you do know? not be deceived god cannot be mocked 
So this word, ephthartos, uh, which is a weird word, but uh, it means not subject to decay, death, imperishable, not yeah. of man or not of the mortal realm. Uh, and But then he uses the word invisible, which is the word aorto, aorato, uh, and that word means that which, obviously, that which cannot be seen, that which is not visible to the human eye. Now, that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Yeah. And this is why Colossians 1.16 says, all things, that is mm-hmm. everything in the spectrum of creation, all things were created by him, Jesus, both visible and invisible. Mm-hmm. So there are things that are visible, and there are things to the human eye, the natural yeah. eye, that are invisible. So we're yeah. talking about really everything in the in the created realm. Yeah. So God is immortal, mm-hmm. and he's invisible to the human eye. Um, and all things that we can see by the human eye are mortal, are decaying or changing or being corrupted, right? And so it's even contrasting... Right us to him in even a more profound sense that he is completely other and we've never seen anything like that you know oh man yeah Um, yeah but the 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 invisibility of it does not indicate uh a detachment from effect in this in this age that one of the 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 way that angels are revealed the it's as though they're there and then all of a sudden you can see one it's not that they all of a sudden show up, you know, and, and yeah. materialize in front of you from yeah. some other yeah. place. It's a, and all of a sudden there was, <laughs> there was the, the, the blinder point, was kind of taken away. And so, um, God's invisibility does not mean that he is, uh, detached right. from yeah. active involvement in, in the, in the creation. Yeah. We just don't always see, uh, or rightly see that involvement because he is so other than us. And the, uh, the example that I I gave was one of the things that kind of brought me back to faith and, uh, in the existence of God when I was in, in college is the concept of if, you know, I think people probably already heard this, but if you are a two dimensional creature here on this, this page and I were to poke a hole through this page and stick my finger through it, I'm a three dimensional being but the only thing that you would see as a two-dimensional being on this page is a line. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't be able to. There'd be no. There'd be no gauge of depth or thickness or or you just. So you would see in mm-hmm. some measure my intrusion to yeah. the world, but you'd have no no real real picture of it. Um, and so his invisibility mm-hmm. doesn't mean that he is. Uh, it's not a deistic view where he right. spun things up and then stepped away. That's from a everything. good point. That's a really good point. How much time we got? Uh, we are kind of right at time. Okay. Well, we'll cover the rest uh, next time. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining us. We love you. We miss you. And uh, as the refrain goes now to the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Right. We will Amen. see you next yeah. time.